Thanks to our creative team for uh, putting together that bumper video, we call those, that uh, lead into our uh, messages each Sunday. Uh, I always know when they've done a good one, when I'm sat in the front row, just captivated, and I realize, oh, I need to be up there. So <laughs> here I am. Well, for those of you who are new visiting, my name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church. Welcome. We're thrilled that you came to join us today. It's a great day to come because we're kicking off a brand new series called Move. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But first of all, I want to just uh, pause for a moment here and just uh, acknowledge a wonderful event that we put on yesterday called Family Fun Fest. It's an event that we do every year that reaches our community. Uh, our theme this year was Lego Batman. And uh, we could not have done this without the help of all the amazing volunteers, many of who are here this morning. So if you uh, are here this morning, if you helped in any way yesterday, thank you so much. Uh, let's give all our volunteers a little round of applause. People served in so many ways on the day itself, leading up to the event. A guy in our church who's very artistic, he was painting some backdrops for us for the Lego Batman theme. Kids of all ages had a wonderful time. There was stuff for the little kids to do with some of the big Duplo blocks. Uh, we had Batman, and I think that's Batwoman, uh, were here as well. And uh, kids were thrilled to meet them. Uh, we call this event Family Fun Fest, and there were just tons of families there having a great fun time. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't Family Fun Fest for everyone. For uh, just a small few, it became Family Fear Fest. Yeah, there were some that uh, came expecting Lego Batman and then met the Dark Knight. And <laughs> so just a little bit overwhelming for them. But I can assure you that the rest of the day was great. There was face painting and glitter tattoos and inflatables and lots of fun to be had. So thank you all uh, who took part in that. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that our goal in putting on this event every year is to just bless our community uh, to have a fun event for families to come right before school goes back in. Um, we as a church really believe in looking outwards, not looking inwards. We believe that uh, God has kind of called us together to impact the community that we're a part of. And if for nothing else, just to provide a real fun day for the communities a win. But we're hoping that some of those families who came along, uh, maybe they don't have church homes of their own. Maybe you're here this morning as a result of Family Fun Fest, that they would come, check out Connect Church, find that we love our community, we love the people in our community, and we love Jesus. And it's our role to um, hopefully connect our community to Christ. Uh, and Family Fun Fest is just one of those ways that we do that. So um, let me start out this morning by just asking a couple of questions. How many of you here, how many have moved house more than three times? Anyone moved more than three times? Yeah, okay, quite a few. I'd say maybe the majority, more than three times. All right, how about more than five times? More than five times, okay, still quite a few. More than 10 times? Whoa, there's still some. How many have moved so many times that they actually can't remember? <laughs> okay, wow. You guys are amazing and crazy because I think moving is like one of the most stressful things that you can go through. We, uh, we've moved the Jane family five times, and every time something happens, something happens that just stresses me out. In our most recent move, we moved into the home that we're in right now, and uh, the house that we bought actually sat empty uh, for quite a while. So when we bought the house, we knew that we were going to be probably uh, encountering some issues, and one of those issues was we discovered when we turned the water on, it started leaking through the kitchen ceiling, that yeah, the pipes had frozen in a period of time while it was empty. 
So I'm thinking, oh, we've bought a money pit. It's going to be nothing but problems. Fortunately, that was the only real big problem. And a plumber came out, and he was able to fix it quite easily. But the day the plumber came, uh, I said, I'll meet you at the house, and I'll show you the problem. So he gets his stepladder, and he's up. He's cut holes in the kitchen ceiling. He's got his head up above the ceiling. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He goes, there's a little trick I've learned. I'm going to go down to your basement. I'm going to turn the water on just a crack, just a little bit. He says, it's going to take a while for the water to work its way through all the pipes. But what will happen then is, when my head's up above the ceiling, I can see drips from the pipe where it's coming out. That way it's not spraying everywhere and making a mess, and I don't want to mess up your house. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So he's up on his ladder. We're just kind of waiting. He goes, okay, I can see some drips. I can see a second spot. I can see a third spot. He goes, I think, I think I've figured out where all three uh, breaks are. He goes, I can fix those real easy. He goes, this isn't going to cost you too much money. I'm like, this is working out great. So uh, me being the, the helper that I am and the the handyman. I mean, I'm very skilled at home improvements. Um, I said, hey, you stay there. I'll just run down to the basement. I'll turn the water off for you. He says, oh, okay, thanks. So down I go into the basement. There's the handle. And uh, I just crank it all the way off. Well, I cranked it all the way I thought was off. I actually didn't realize that I'd cranked it instead all the way on. <laughs> I found out very quickly because from the basement, I can hear screams from the kitchen. And I can hear a scream, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. So I turn it back off again. I was like, uh-oh. So I go back upstairs to discover just water everywhere all over my kitchen. This poor guy, his head was up there. So he's like drenched all over. And I think my bill went up just a little bit at that point over what it would have cost prior to that. But it seems to me that whenever we move house, something happens. There's some kind of stress-related situation. I discovered this week, I found a survey online uh, where they interviewed 2,000 people about the most stressful situations in life. And two-thirds of those interviewed, two-thirds of those interviewed said that some of the most stressful things, they had a list of things they could choose from, from relationship breakdowns, divorce, starting a new job. Of all of those, the highest was moving house. Two-thirds said that's the thing we find the most stressful, moving house. Things like misplaced possessions, um, moving to a new home only to discover that your furniture isn't going to fit in the new thing, in the new home. Things like this just, just stressed people out. This article went on to say that, that some people, they're, they're frozen in fear at the thought of moving. Just the idea of going to a new place, to a new house, and what if I get to this new neighborhood and, and the coffee shop isn't like the one I'm used to, or the dry cleaners is different, and, and just all the fear and anxiety that comes from moving to a new place. For many of us, maybe just the idea of moving, whether it's a house or a job, whatever it may be, it just kind of makes us, even now, our stomach's kind of queasy just thinking about it. And we look on, don't we, with, with envy at those people who, who just seem to be moving all the time. Maybe you know someone who it just seems that every time you talk to them, they've moved again. Maybe it's a job, it's a house, but they're just moving all over the place, moving town, moving state. You're thinking, why is it that these people are moving all the time? Well, maybe, maybe it's not a healthy reason. There could be an unhealthy reason to move frequently like that. Maybe they're trying to escape a situation or a person and they're forgetting that no matter how much you move, you still take yourself with you. And the reality is that sometimes moving to escape something actually reminds you when you get to the new place that it's still, still there. So what does a healthy move look like? We're not actually going to be talking about moving house uh, in this series. We're going to be talking about what it looks like in our lives to move. 
to move in a certain direction. You see, our goal here at Connect is, is to challenge people to be moving. And here's what I mean by that. If you, if you imagine this represents, this podium kind of represents Jesus, uh, his death on the cross, that moment in history where we'll remember that Jesus died and rose again for us. He loved us so much that he went through this to, to restore a relationship between us and God. So if you imagine that spot on this stage kind of represents a journey that we're upon, many of us will find us at different stages of this journey. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you're still this side of the cross. You're, you're not completely sure that you um, fully understand everything about this. Maybe if you were to um, answer the question honestly this morning, you'd say, well, I don't think that Jesus is like the center of my life, but I'm interested, I'm curious. In fact, one of the reasons I'm here this morning is because I haven't dismissed this completely, but I'm still not completely sure. Maybe, maybe the challenge for you this morning is just to move a little bit further in that direction. Maybe God's stirring your heart this morning to move a little bit more. Maybe you find yourself right here. This is brand new. You, you may be here this morning. You've actually made a decision very recently to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life to put him in the center of your life. And this is wonderful, and your life's changed. You could actually tell us the story of the, the difference you've experienced since Jesus has become a part of your life. But you know, he didn't plan on you stopping right here. He actually has more in plan for your life. And maybe you've been here for a while, and through this series, God's gonna challenge you. No, there's, there's still room to move. Maybe you've been following Jesus all your life. Since you were a child, you can remember growing up, going to church. And you're in this spot right now thinking, no, I'm great. I'm doing good. I come to church every week. I'm very involved. But God may be stirring your heart through this series to say, you know what? There's still some room in your life to move. There's still more I want to do in your life. Because this line, it doesn't reach an end. In our lifetime, this line continues on. And the great thing is, wherever you find yourself on this line this morning, this series will be for you. Because every one of us can be challenged to move just a little bit. So this morning, let's answer a question together, shall we? This question is, why should I move? Why should I move? Why can't I just stay where I am? We're going to look at a group of people who lived in the Old Testament. And we're going to ask this question through the lens of their journey and what happens to them. And we're going to use that journey, that account, to, to challenge us this morning. Because the first thought I want to throw out here this morning is, I don't think it's good to stay where you are. It's not good to stay where you are. This group of people we're going to be talking about, they were the Israelites. And if you're familiar with this particular account, it was when Moses delivered the Israelites from Egypt. They were in slavery there. And he gets them to the edge of the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts and they go through and there's probably at least a million of them. The Israelite nation going through the Red Sea and into what was um, kind of the wilderness area. But as there was a destination they were headed to. It was the promised land. They arrive at a mountain called Mount Sinai and in Mount Sinai, Moses goes up and he, he communicates with God and he comes back down with the Ten Commandments and the, the instructions for the people of Israel. The nation of Israel is forming at this point at the base of Mount Sinai. It's an amazing experience and then they're gonna move on to the promised land that God has promised to them. And Moses, sadly we're gonna discover, is actually speaking to the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy, many years beyond this time. 
he's kind of reflecting back on their journey. And we're going to look at what happens here at their, their refusal to move. In Deuteronomy 1.6, Moses is talking to the Israelites. He says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this, at this mountain long enough. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. Here's the crazy thing. This was a great mountain to be at. A lot took place at this mountain. Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. The people of Israel experienced the presence of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 33, Moses says, Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? He's reminding them, hey, the nation of Israel, this is the only time God has ever spoken to an entire nation like that. What happened at Mount Sinai was amazing. I'm not discounting anything that took place there, but do you remember? Do you remember when we realized that God was saying, it's not good to stay in this place. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to move on. You might be able to tell me some great stories about where you're at right now. What God has done in your life. What he's, you know, you, maybe you're in a Mount Sinai moment right this moment. You're like, but Dave, some amazing things are happening. But like the Israelites, maybe God is saying to you, you've stayed at this mountain long enough. Maybe he's saying to you this morning, it's not good to stay where you are. Because think about it. God has created this incredible world that we live in. And just even the rules of this world, just the, the laws of this world, lead us to believe that it's not good to stay where you are. Think about it. Think about a car, okay? Cars were designed to move, weren't they? Well, what happens to a car if it doesn't move? What happens to a car if it just sits uh, stationary for too long? It starts to rust up. It starts to, to fall apart. That's what happens to a car if it doesn't move. I hope you don't own a car like this. If you do, it probably needs some work on it. You know, if any of you have been in hospital for a long period of time, you'll know that one of the things that the nurses and the doctors look out for is something called bed sores. If someone is confined to a hospital bed, they'll be, they'll be trying to move the patient as much as possible because they don't want bed sores to take place in the body. Bed sores happen because the body is stationary in the bed for too long. It's not moving. What about knees? Yeah, knees. Think about it. Your knees were designed to move, weren't they? So I've realized this just recently. Something has happened at movie theaters. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when I was a kid, I could go to the movies and I could sit and watch the whole movie and I just stood up at the end and I felt great. My knees were fine. But they must have done something to the seats since then because now, about an hour into the movie, I find myself kind of twisting about in my seat, putting my foot over the seat in front of me because my knees are starting to hurt. So I don't know what it is they've done to these seats, but something's changed because I don't remember my knees aching like that when I was a kid. And I can't think of any other reason why my knees might be aching as they stay in one place for too long. That isn't my knee, by the way. I just wanted to make sure you all knew that wasn't my knee. Um, what about muscles? Not moving, okay? That is me, that picture. Um, there's a term called muscle atrophy, okay? Or maybe atrophy. I'm not sure how I say atrophy. Muscle atrophy. That's when your muscles aren't being used. And it actually says that your muscles can waste away due to a lack of physical activity. All of these examples in the human body and in the world in which we live of the problems of things that don't move. 
So if that's happening in the world in which we live, maybe God has put into our spiritual lives this same idea. That we weren't designed to stay in one place forever. We weren't designed to stay still and not move. In fact, actually, it could even be unhealthy for us spiritually to stay in one place for too long. You know, the second reason I think we need to understand why God wants us to move, why he wants to see movement in our lives, is if we don't move, if we stay where we are, you might miss out. You might miss out on something God has for you that could be amazing, but because of your refusal to move, because you're, you're afraid, whatever the reason is, because you don't move, you may actually miss out on something that God has for you. I actually discovered recently that I have a, a condition. It's an affliction. I didn't realize. I mean, I've known I've had it all my life. I just didn't realize that it was actually a, a medically diagnosed condition. It's called FOMO. Um, I believe that's the uh, medical scientific term for it, FOMO. And uh, if you've not heard of it, it's a very serious condition. Uh, FOMO actually stands for the fear of missing out. And I have that. I have the fear of missing out. My life is plagued with the fear of missing out on something. And sadly, this affliction doesn't really affect me. It affects my family. My family are the ones who suffer due to my fear of missing out because I'm in places where I'm just terrified that I might miss out on something. So we went recently to Disneyland on a family vacation. Uh, here's a picture of us. There's me and uh, Emma, my daughter, and Casey, my wife. She's really into Disney, as you can see. She's uh, super excited, dressed up for the day there. But, um, but here's how our Disneyland vacation went, okay? The alarm goes off at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm hurrying everyone around. We are out the door by 7 because we need to be at Disney, parked and in the line by 8 when the rope drops. The night before, I've printed off this thing I found online from this lady who's like a Disney scholar. And she knows what time you need to be at this ride, this ride, this ride, fast, 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 fast. And like by lunchtime, we've done every major ride in the park. And I'm like, hey, family, this is pretty good, huh? And they're like, no, we're miserable. <laughs> Because we're rushing all over the place. Because I, I just don't want to leave Disneyland and come home and someone say, did you do this right? And I find out that we didn't even know about it. That's my fear of missing out. Maybe some of you are like, I know what you mean, Dave. I have the same affliction. But the truth is, I think this morning, um, all of us, especially if we're followers of Jesus, we should have a healthy dose of a fear of missing out. We should have a healthy dose of a fear of missing out, something that would kind of push us to move, cause us not to want to stay in the same place because we don't want to miss out on what God might have for us. We've been in this place too long. It's time to move. Listen to what happened to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. Moses is, is reminding them, he's saying, it's time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all of their descendants. Moses is reminding them, hey, God promised us this amazing land, this incredible place. And this is the same God that we remember delivered us from Egypt. So we've seen him at work. We know that he is true to his word. We know he can do what he says. And he's now promising us that this wonderful land 
will be ours to settle in. We will become the nation of Israel in this great land. Are you ready? And the Israelites say, well, why don't we just send some spies over first? Just check it out. I know God said he's going to give it to us. I know he said everything's going to be okay. I know he said he's going to be with us. But just to be on the safe side, let's send maybe a dozen spies over there. They can come back and tell us what this land's really like. So 12 spies go into the promised land. 12 spies come back. 12 spies report and say, it is an incredible land. It's fantastic. It is everything that God promised it would be. But there's an enemy there. And the enemy's pretty intimidating. He's pretty bad. In fact, 10 of the spies start to kind of share some fear and some, some uh, anxiety amongst the Israelites, saying, oh, I'm not so sure. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, hey, it's true, there are some big uh, enemies there, but God's promised us. Let's not forget, God told us, we can, this, is, this is for us. We can take the land. This will be our land. But the words of those 10 spies, they just started to send fear amongst the camp. And the fear of the future... And the fear of what they didn't know about, it, it became more important to the Israelites than the fear of missing out. And they said, we don't think we want to go. We think we'll just kind of stay here. At least we know what we're in for here. And instead of following God, they rebelled. And they missed out on what God had for them. I don't want fear to stop you this morning or laziness, or complacency, or accepting second best, or whatever it might be that might cause you to stop where you're at right now and not move forward. Because I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out on what God has in store for you. So why should we move this morning? Why should we move? Because it's not good to stay where we are. We might miss out on something great that God has. But you know what? If we don't move, we could end up stuck in a moment. Stuck in a moment. Listen to the way um, Moses, as he was telling this, um, as he's kind of recounting what happens as he talks about this. He says, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, normally it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea going by way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel. What's happening here is Moses is saying, hey, do you remember that journey from Mount Sinai to this place, Kadesh Barnea? Do you remember how long it took to get there? It took 11 days. 11 days. That, that was as long as it was meant to take to get from, from where we were to where God was taking us. But because we got to this point, because we feared, because we didn't trust God, we were sentenced to 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness. We came so close to what God had for us and we missed it and we spent the last 40 years just wandering around. Most of us will never get to see what God has for us because we've been walking around for 40 years in the desert, Moses says to the Israelites. Now, I'm not saying to you here this morning that if you don't step forward, if you don't move, that you're um, setting yourself up for 40 years of misery or 40 years of wandering. I don't believe that's true. But I do believe that just like the Israelites, we could get stuck in a moment. 
stuck in a moment that God never intended us to be in. The, the phrase, stuck in the moment, I kind of got it from a song written by the band U2 back in 2000. They sing this song, Stuck in a Moment, and Bono, the lead singer, tells about the inspiration for the words of this song. He says it was around that time that a good friend of his, another musician by the name of Michael Hutchins, he was the lead singer of a band called In Excess. He committed suicide. Bono was devastated because he was friends with this guy. He had no idea of just the uh, depression and the different things this guy was battling. He said, I wish I could have gone back. I wish I could have gone back knowing now what I know and had some conversations with him because my conversations would have been very different. He said, instead of writing some sappy love song about how much I missed him, I kind of wrote this angry song of the confrontation, the argument that I would like to have with him if he was still here of how, listen, you don't have to be stuck in this moment. There are people here who can help you, people here who can, he said, I wish I could have had that moment. The chorus of the song says, you've got to get yourself together. You've got stuck in a moment and now you can't get out of it. Don't say that later will be better now. You're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. He said, I want to just get to that point where I could tell him, you don't have to stay stuck in this moment. Because sometimes when we get stuck in moments, it can cause us to not move forward. And that's what happened with the Israelites. They got stuck in 40 years of circling in the wilderness. You know, your moment this morning may be a job that is unfulfilling. It may be a a moment of dissatisfaction, uh, feeling like there just has to be more. It could be a moment of emptiness where we're wondering if this, this God thing is even real. But whatever the moment is this morning, I don't want you to stay stuck there. I think God wants to move you forward because it's not good to stay where you are. But let me just close out with one last thought this morning because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I do believe that God is a God who wants us to be moving in our lives. I think he's created a world in which stationary things, things that stay stuck in one place, deteriorate. And I think the same can happen with us. But that's not to say that there aren't some times in our lives where it's good to spend some time in a season. In fact, Solomon, one of the wisest people who ever lived, he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. And in that book, he talks about seasons. He talks about, there's a whole list you can read. He says, there's a time to laugh and a time to cry, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding that I'm at, you'll know there's never a time for me to dance, okay? It just looks awful. But he talks about these ideas, okay, of these different seasons. And maybe right now you're in a season, a season that God has you in. And you're in this certain time right now, and that's great, Jesus himself, when we look at the life of Jesus, there were times where he would distance himself from the disciples and he would just spend time with God. And maybe you're in a moment right now where you think, Dave, I actually feel like the season I'm in right now is exactly where I'm meant to be. And that's awesome. But I think there's probably some of you here this morning who as I've been speaking about this idea of of maybe a move, you've you've kind of felt your heart just burning a little bit because you know whether it's a physical move like a job or a house, maybe it's a spiritual move knowing you've been kind of stuck in this moment for a while. You felt like God has been speaking to you this morning and challenging you, it might be time for me to make some kind of move. I don't want fear to stop you from doing that. 
I don't want complacency to stop you from doing that. I want you to be brave as we jump into this new series. And over the next three weeks, we talk about some more practical steps of how you can move. I want you to come into those next three weeks with that commitment of, yeah, I want to. I want to move. I know it's time for me to make a move. Let's pray. Father, we cannot do this without your help. We look at the Israelites and we look at the fact that um, you were constantly moving them, but there came a point where they didn't want to move in a certain direction. They missed out on what you had for them. We don't want to miss out, God, on what you've got in our lives. We don't want to miss out on what you've got for us. So help us, we pray. Help us to have the courage to take that first step. We may not know how moving is going to change things. We may not know how it's going to affect us. But Lord, we do know that you're a God who wants us to move. So whatever that first step looks like, help us to take it. And then the second step and then the third step. Help us to um, recognize the, the benefit of moving as it helps us to experience the the wonderful, wonderful plan you have for our lives. And we want to step into that plan and move towards that plan every single day. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.